All right, friends, if you would, take your Bible and open to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, Lance has talked about how the way that things have come together this morning is obviously no accident, the way the Lord puts together timing. And as I had been working through our 1 Corinthians study and this one another theme, this Sunday was looking like it was going to be Paul's focus on the idea of maturity. What does it look like to grow into spiritual maturity? That maturity is not something we are able to do in our own lives, in our own strength, but there's a type of maturing, there's a type of of growing up that only happens by the Spirit of God. And then to hear these testimonies, to see that put on display through Hope is Alive, the powerful statement that we're not just trying to get free of drugs and alcohol, but we're giving our life to Jesus. That there's a type of maturity that says, okay, I'm no longer held down by this addiction, but there's also a type of maturity that says I'm growing up into Christ. And that only happens by the Spirit of God. And so if you just give me about 10 minutes this morning, we're gonna look at this idea in 1 Corinthians 14 of maturity. We've been talking about last week, and you can kind of get a glimpse, a summary up on the screen with this first slide, that here at Emmaus, we exist to proclaim and display Jesus. Proclaim is what we do with our words. And so by the power of God's Spirit, what you heard from Jeff and what you heard from Leah, by the power of God's Spirit, we're able to proclaim, we're able to speak the things of God. But we don't only proclaim with our words, we also display with our lives. And so the way that that's going to happen over the next couple of weeks is, this morning we're going to take the idea of maturity, that's displaying God's spirit in our life, and next week we're going to take the idea of order and peace. That's, that's one of the displays of God's work in our life. We're focusing specifically this morning in verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Verse 20, brothers and sisters, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. What I want to give you this morning are five marks of spiritual maturity. If you got one of the bulletins coming in, you can turn it over in the back, and those are kind of laid out for you. Plus, because we're doing this in a little bit more of a condensed time frame this morning, if this is something that God raises up in your heart and you say, that idea of spiritual maturity is something I need to pursue personally, there are some verses to guide you in that process this week in your personal time of studying Scripture. So if you didn't get a copy of the bulletins, you came in, grab one as you go, and that can provide a, a guidance on what does it look like to grow into spiritual maturity. But five marks of spiritual maturity. The first is innocence toward evil. We're pursuing purity over hypocrisy. Many of you know, and we've talked about this over the last few weeks, how much my family enjoyed watching the Olympics together, and we, we do those type of things, and you'd sit down and watch the Olympics, and the NBC coverage would come on, you know, around 7 o'clock, and if you have young parents, you know that when it becomes 7 o'clock at night, and you're watching TV with your kids, it's a little bit of roulette, because you just don't know what the next commercial is going to be uh, that, that comes on. And our kids, it's so good to see them at the age they are because when a bad commercial comes on, 
They know immediately it's a run for the remote, you know, just turn it to whatever the next channel might be, or everybody hides your eyes. And there's an innocence, a purity toward evil that you find there in children that Paul says that you should not outgrow. The Corinthians were saying that they were very mature, they were very advanced, but their idea of being advanced in their faith is, and we can handle it. We can, we can have a little bit of something that is going to be kind of evil. Paul says, no, 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 be, be like infants in regard to evil. Don't be the hypocritical adult like myself that says, oh yeah, I'll turn the channel and you're actually kind of looking through your fingers. Uh, that hypocrisy has no place in spiritual maturity. Teenagers, if I could just say something really quickly about this and, and, and thinking about where, where these folks are here. Don't be embarrassed by innocence toward evil. It's easy to be made fun of and say, well, you just don't know. Your teenage years are not a time to test the water. They're a time to trust Christ. And there's an idea that says, oh, I'm going to be embarrassed because I'm gullible and I'm innocent and I'm just not familiar with that. To God be the glory for that. Do not say I'm going to test the water. Say I'm going to trust Christ. That you're not saying how close can I get to causing trouble, but, but how much can I give myself fully to the Lord? Because there's not a person over here that wouldn't take back those days that, that are lost giving yourself to something else. They're going to say, no, no, have nothing to do with that. Give yourselves fully to the Lord. We're pursuing purity over hypocrisy. A mark of spiritual maturity is that I'm innocent. I'm like a child in regard to the things that are evil. I don't want anything to do with that. Secondly, and this kind of comes from that phrase in, in bold there, Paul says, be infants in evil, but in your thinking, be mature. The second point about spiritual maturity is it's unifying humility. So I want consistency over brilliance. Remember, one of the things that the Corinthians were struggling with is they were elevating the people that were very popular. If you had an extravagant spiritual gift, or you stood on stage, or you had money, or you had standing in the community, you were elevated to a certain place. They were being immature in the idea of what really mattered. And Paul says, in your thinking, be mature. Pursue consistency. All you are concerned about is how can I serve the Lord? I don't need Oh man, and Jeff said this so well earlier. I don't need the house. I don't need the white picket fence. I don't need all the American dream. I just need to pull somebody else out of the pit, and it doesn't matter who gets the credit for that. I'm going to give myself to those things. This quote from uh, one of the commentators up here it is indeed the character of the child to prefer the amusing to the useful, the brilliant to the solid. Some point in life, we reach that place of spiritual maturity. That we say, I don't need to be impressed, I don't need to be entertained, I don't need to be popular, I don't even need to be with the popular people. All I want to do is consistently, every day, lay down my life for the Lord. The power of consistent daily discipline. The power of consistently just going to work. The power of consistently telling the truth in relationships. The power of consistently gathering for worship. Nothing impressive about that, 
but it marks spiritual maturity because you're saying all I want to do is just give myself to the Lord. I don't need to be a shooting star that's going to burn out. I want to be someone that the Lord is going to use day after day, week after week, year after year. And that's the type of maturity you have to grow up in. Back up maybe just in your Bible to chapter 13. If you have it open or your phone is open, the, the, the passage will be up here on the, the screen. But this idea of maturity Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 13 in verse 11 and 12. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now we realize there's an element, there's a place in adulthood that you reach when you realize, oh my word, we never escaped middle school. All the problems that plagued you in middle school, all the drama that plagued you in middle school, like you figure out it follows you without through, through adulthood and it's just kind of depressing when you reach that point. There's a way of living that middle school doesn't have to haunt you throughout your entire life, that you can grow into a type of maturity. Verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. The third mark of spiritual maturity is having a growth mindset. And let me give you a phrase that goes with that. Direction over destination. A mature person doesn't say, oh, look at me, I've arrived, I've got it figured out, let me tell you about this. A spiritually mature person says, every day I'm seeking to follow Jesus, would you come along with me? There's a difference between direction and destination. Destination says, I'm just trying to reach this point, then I'll be good. Direction says, in everything I want to do, I'm going to grow. I'm going to become a better student, a better athlete, a better employee, a better husband, a better father, a better Christian. I have a growth mindset. An immature person says, I just want to reach that destination, then I'm finished. A spiritually mature person says, I want to grow. I want to improve. I want people speaking into my life saying, how could I do that better? How could I improve? I'm not resistant to somebody speaking in my life. I'm begging for somebody to do that because I want to continue to grow. I don't have it all figured out, which leads to number four. And we're actually going to pick up number four with a parallel passage out of the book of Ephesians. These verses will be up on the screen, but if you just want to turn a couple of pages to the right in your Bible, or you can scroll down in your phone, you're going to get to the book of Ephesians. And there's a, there's a tag with the word mature that shows up in the book of Ephesians, and it ties together Paul's main point in 1 Corinthians about the way our lives are connected together. It ties it together with these passages from Ephesians chapter 4. They're on the screen in front of you as well. We're going to pick up in verse 11 from Ephesians 4. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Just as a quick reminder, I know you know this, but in the Christian life, we don't volunteer, we minister. Every one of you who is a follower of Jesus is involved in ministry. That's even why we're very specific here at Emmaus. We don't have a minister of something because scripturally, you're all involved in ministry, and that's what we're going to talk about with the ministry tables out, out in the lobby. We don't volunteer, we minister. Picking up in verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. There's the word again. 
to mature manhood, just growing up into what, what God has for each of us, male or female, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. The fourth mark, the fourth mark of spiritual maturity is interdependence with others. So I'm choosing involvement over isolation. When you isolate yourself, it is not a mark of maturity. Now this is not the same as being introverted. I've said this a hundred times and you're sick of me saying it by this point. You, you know that that's my, my MO. I'm an introverted type of person. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about choosing to get involved over choosing to isolate myself and go it alone. The spiritually mature person says, I can't go it alone. I need the church. I need people around me. I need someone who's going to speak in my life and, and show me which direction to go. A mark of God's work in your life is when you reach the point that you say, I can't do this by myself. This is the great illustration of the redwood trees, that redwood trees don't have very deep roots, but their roots spread out hundreds of feet, just a little bit below the surface, and they're all interconnected. So you have these huge trees that you would imagine have very deep roots, but they don't. They have very wide roots that intertangle with the roots of other trees, and that's how redwood trees stand because they're interconnected with one another, because as they grow mature, they grow more connected with those around them. Same thing happens in, in the Christian life. Okay, let's wrap up with this. Verses 15 to 16 from Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Rather, so rather than being childlike, rather a mature person speaks the truth in love, and we grow up, in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That phrase from verse 15, that we grow up into Christ. The fifth mark of spiritual maturity, and I list it fifth, even though it's actually the foundation, is dependence on God. When we realize I need Jesus over anything I could ever provide in my own life. It is a mark of spiritual maturity when you realize I am not the captain of my ship. I am not the one guiding my life. I need a savior. I need a rescuer. I can never do this on my own. At that point, you're able to become connected to others. You're able to grow. You're going to have this innocence toward evil you're not going to have anything to do with that all these marks of spiritual maturity begin to grow up in our lives so the question is is that true of your life what we have here from scripture are five signs that god is at work in my life growing me into maturity are those true of my life do i see those happening where is god calling me to mature what I love about having an intergenerational church is you're able to see people who say, I haven't reached that point. I continue to want to grow. I continue to want to make these steps that we learn from one another. Most importantly, though, if you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I don't have that dependence on Jesus. No playing around. No waiting. Today is the day of salvation that you would turn and that you would give your life to Christ. 
that he has paid the price for your sins, that he has removed every obstacle. There's no gaining standing with God. You don't become mature so God will like you. God does a work in your life where he grows you up into Christ. And if he's doing that work in your life this morning, we want you to be able to respond. Here's how we're going to wrap up our service. A little bit different than we would, we would normally do things. Here's how we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up a couple of minutes early for this purpose. You have three options. Uh, four options, okay? I'll give you four options. Unless the old church joke about the roast burning at home. If the roast is burning at home, you can leave. Otherwise, you have four options. One, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never experienced the freedom that you heard about this morning, those chains being broken, I'm going to be here at the front, and you are surrounded by people who will tell you about the good news of Jesus. Do not leave before talking to somebody about that. Second option, you make a beeline to find one of these 30 people, either sitting down here, or they're going to be at their table in the coffee bar, and you say, I know my response. It's really easy. I have to get to one of these people and talk to them about my own story, my own family, something that's going on in my life. That's response number two. Response number three is there's somebody else here in the church that you know you need to go to and encourage. Just to love on them, speak into their life, build them up, do that. None of those fit. Number four is after I pray, you walk through those back door, and there are about 15 ministry tables out there in the lobby. Go visit those tables, meander. It's going to be a little chaotic. That's on purpose. That's okay. There's going to be those tables out there. Go and find a place to get involved. If you're not a member of Emmaus, but you're looking for a place to connect, go find a place. Every one of those tables, we don't need people to volunteer. We need people to minister. We need people to get involved. We need people to say, I want God to work through my life to impact others. Give your life to Jesus. Run and find one of these people. Encourage somebody sitting next to you or go visit a ministry table. Those are your ways to respond to God's work in your life this morning. Let me pray for us, and we're going to be dismissed this morning. Father, thank you for the joy of this worship service. God, thank you for the way that the gospel has been put on display Father, I wasn't sure what to say about spiritual maturity this morning a few weeks ago, but you solved that by bringing hope is alive here. God, I pray that these marks of spiritual maturity that we've talked about, God, I pray that these will grow up in our life. And God, I pray more than anything that if there is someone here, maybe someone who says, you know what, I'm too old, I've been, I've been going at this too long, people think I'm a Christian, but I'm really not. God, remove every barrier, break every chain, God, I pray that there would be people who would give their life to Jesus. They would turn to a friend. They would come find me. Some way they would cry out to you for that salvation. God, would your spirit move in our church in a powerful way that we have never seen before. God, change us from the inside out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.